Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. I know why you're happy today. <laughs> Four states have, more states now have legalized marijuana and not a moment too soon. Uh, I mean, almost the whole country now. And this not only strikes a blow against the repressive prohibition that has compromised justice in this country for way too long, but it significantly expands where I can tour. Uh, <laughs> Oregon, how about this? Oregon decriminalized coke, meth, <laughs> ecstasy, and heroin. And experts say this is a major win for Charlie Sheen's cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, so let's see. What else is in the news? Um, oh, yeah, uh, Biden won the election. <laughs> oh, yeah. that we're taking sides. I just wanted to report that. No matter who you voted for, we can all be proud that we live in the third most democratic country in North America. Um, now, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's four. We go on at seven to the west, ten to the east. So we're three hours before this goes on the other. The network's still a two-chicken shit to call it, but plainly, um, he's won this election. But, you know, elections in America, whew, they're a lot like losing your virginity when you're a lesbian. You know, uh... 
between the late ballot and the recount and the lawsuits and the electoral college, it's hard to actually know when you're finished. It... <laughs> and... Now, of course, until all the ballots are counted, President Trump is telling everyone to stay calm and classy and respect the process. Of course he's not. <laughs> he's throwing a tantrum like the two-ton whiny little bitch he is. <laughs> and... He, d- <laughs> he doesn't like it that for the first time he's on the other end of an eviction notice. <laughs> he doesn't... <laughs> He doesn't like it that he he probably will lose the popular vote by as much as 7 million. Uh, Biden got the largest percentage against an incumbent since FDR. It looks like the Democrat, Biden, will win Georgia. Georgia. And... And also the most conservative state ever, Arizona. Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like Arizonans like presidents who don't shit on John McCain. You know, that's... (laughs) It's funny. During the week while they're counting in all these different states that are still out, Trump's goons were outside the counting center saying, stop the count in Pennsylvania and count the vote in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) What do we want? Justice. When do we want it? Not now. I mean, Trump's... <laughs> Trump's whole thing is, like, I've seen some pretty low things, some pretty low tricks by the Democrats, but counting all the ballots. <laughs> that is a bridge too far. Of course he's saying it's a fraud and a hoax, and he's suing. He's been telling us he's going to do that for a year. I've been telling you for three. <laughs> and yet... <laughs> And yet the media is perpetually shocked by this. <laughs> They're like the announcer at a wrestling match. Oh, oh my God, he's going to hit him with a folding chair. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. A pundit on Fox today said, Trump may have the greatest moment of his career bringing us together with his concession speech. Really? <laughs> because I'm picturing something more like the end of Scarface. <laughs> Concede. (laughs) Concede? I'll be surprised if he comes out of the bathroom. (laughs) But look, let's be gracious in victory. I just want to say, Mr. Trump, if you are watching, as you do sometimes accidentally, (laughs) you may have lost the election, but there's one thing that you will always have, and that's the knowledge that your father never loved you and your mother had sex with an ape. (laughs) All right, we've got a great show. Rosa Brooks and Malcolm Nance are here, but first up... (laughs) Bringing it all back to that. We had to do it. He is the co-founder of the Center for Humane Technology who is featured in the new Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, Tristan Harris. Hey. How you doing? Great to see you. Okay. So, first of all, what a great documentary. 
Not all documentary. There's some reenactments in there, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I wanted to ask you first about the election. You know, everyone who voted thinks they made a free and fair choice. Certainly free, my free will. But what you're getting at is that because of the manipulation that goes on from social media, where most people get their news now, it really wasn't a free choice in every sense of the word, was it? No. Well, I mean, so the thing I think people need to get is that we are 10 years into this mind warp where we have been fed a individualized reality. Roger McNamee, who we had on here a few years sure. ago, talks about it as the Truman yep. shows. We've got 3 billion Truman shows. And everyone thinks that because, you know, imagine a husband and wife couple. They follow the same friends on Facebook. They've got the same friends, so if they open up Facebook, they should see the same feed. But that's not actually how it works. They'll right. actually see completely different realities based on what the algorithms will say, this is the thing that's likely to keep you here. And what that did is took the shared reality we have, put it through a paper shredder, and gave each of us a micro-reality in which we're more and more certain that we're right and the other side is wrong, and it's, it's totally confused us. I mean, we are, we are so confused. We're 10 years into this process now. Which nobody voted on. No. It just happened. And we, of course, were always seduced by convenience. No one wants to give up the phone. I mean, you know, I can't imagine doing that. Correct. But what, one thing I love that you portray, as I was alluding to a minute ago in the movie, is you personify what an algorithm is, really. I mean, an algorithm is just inside right. the computer. Right. But you have three actors there. as From Mad Men, in fact, the actor from Mad Men. Right. And, and they're watching this guy. Right. on screens, and, and we see them making decisions about how they can manipulate him. Oh, we're going to send him an alert. Oh, we're going to say he got a like on that. Oh, we're going to tell him that there's a, a woman he's interested in within 100 feet. Or his ex-girlfriend that he hasn't right. in a while, so maybe we'll use the ex-girlfriend. That'll get him back. And this is what's... I mean, without people actually doing that, that is what's going on, right? Yeah, that's right. So, it, I mean, even take... if you try to evil. Delete, it, it is evil. I mean, that's the whole point is we... Because of this competition for attention, the company started getting really aggressive about how could, what could they dangle in front of your nervous system to get you to come back. If you ever try to, to um, delete your Facebook account, it'll actually show you uh, five friends' faces and says, are you sure you want to delete your account? These five photos, these five friends, they're going to miss you. So it's like a digital drug lord. When you, when you leave, they try to figure out something to dangle in front of you to convince you to, to come back. And it's really just, you know, it's, it's, it's destroyed our mental health of, of our teenagers. It's polarized our societies. It's addicted each of us. And it has really warped, I think, the, the psyche that now we are in the middle of with this election. Because I think, much like a psychotic patient has a mind that is fractured against itself, we, our national psyche is now fractured against itself. If you look at even the examples of the count the vote people and the stop the count, um, there's a great stat recently that um, Republicans estimate that a third of Democrats are LGBTQ, even though only uh, 6% are. And Democrats estimate that um, 38% of Republicans make more than $250,000 a year, even though it's only 2% uh, of Republicans make that much money. So we, we really have been confused by these individual realities that have warped all of our perceptions. And it's especially dangerous now because a great deal of the country is going to believe that this election is stolen that Joe Biden is not legitimate president. And then what, then what happens? Because then it's not like Facebook is going to shut that side down, or, or are they? Um, are, are they going to... I mean, yeah. they've taken... The companies have now taken moves that we never saw up until a few months ago. That's right, and it's due to a lot of the public pressure that they haven't acted enough. So there's this weird situation we're in, where if you let the Frankenstein run 
without any controls. And so anything goes viral if it gets the most clicks and likes. That just rewards the most conspiracy theories. Alex, you know, YouTube, for example, recommended Alex Jones' InfoWars conspiracy theories 15 billion times, which is more than the combined traffic of New York Times, Washington Post, Guardian, Fox News combined. And when you just realize the scale of, of, of all of that, um, conspiracy theories are especially dangerous because they're like a trust bomb. They warp your perception of everything that comes after it. In fact, the best predictor of whether you'll believe in a new conspiracy theory is whether I already got you to believe in one. And once right. you believe, for example, the election is rigged or it's stolen, then you perceive everything through that lens. And it, it warps all of your perceptions. But also, I don't think they're doing it well. I mean, Twitter, can I read you what was blocked on Twitter mm -hmm. just last week? Now, this is from the head of U.S. Customs and Border Protect Protection, Mark Morgan. <clears throat> I don't really agree with this comment, but this is what he said. He's, he's talking about they're continuing to build the wall every day, which is his domain. Mm -hmm. Every mile helps us stop gang members, murderers, sexual predators, and drugs from entering our country. It's a fact. Walls work. I could take issue with some things in there, but it's an opinion. Yeah. This should not have been blocked. Yeah. This feeds into them. Right. Saying... You just don't want to hear anything that you don't agree with. This, and this is a platform. Twitter, it's about expressing opinions. Yeah. And here somebody expresses an opinion, may not agree with it, but then it's like, well, my opinion isn't your opinion, so you can't talk on my platform about opinions. That's fucked up, too. It, it, it is. Um, wow, I got the liberals to applaud for that. Good. I think... No, I mean, we, we, we have to protect freedom of speech. I think the distinction that um, uh, Renee Diresta makes is, is freedom of speech is not the same as freedom to reach, meaning we're all granted the right, right. to speak, but are you granted a football stadium-sized audience to say anything you want without accountability? And when you let that become the default, like, that's what makes up our information environment, that the default information all of us are consuming is each of us get a football-sized stadium and say whatever you want without any accountability... Like, imagine how you would feel if all your ex-romantic partners could get on a, on a football stadium TV screen and say whatever they wanted without any accountability. You don't end up with a healthy information environment. And we also get more rewarded the more extreme things that we say. And the more extreme thing you say, the more likes and feedback you get, which leads us into our own distortion of, hey, we're really right. We have all these supporters. We're on the righteous side of history. So what is the answer? I mean, how do you protect free speech while also... <laughs> Not looking like you're centering. I saw you know, Trump made that outrageous statement yesterday. Yeah. And I noticed CNN didn't cut into it. But fuck, but uh, MSNBC right away. Cut into it, you mean they cut away from cut, it? Cut right, right away to say, this is bullshit. Yeah. And of course it was bullshit. Right. But the people who don't know it's bullshit or think it's bullshit or have been trained to not see that as bullshit. Right. And let's be honest, the, the, the underlying of all of this, what we're talking about, is that the American people are just too stupid to be governed. They have no bullshit detector. They believe a lot of kooky stuff on the left. And on the right, they believe in QAnon. Yeah. A lot of... I mean, it's, there is no bullshit detector. There's no uh, knowledge of the past. You can't scare them by saying, Trump is becoming a totalitarian. What's that? Well, you know, like East Germany. What's that? Yeah. During the Cold War. What's that? If they have no... I can't scare someone with this yeah. if I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I think... Not this audience, of course. We, we, we've... <laughs> no, it's true. Who would... They're too smart. Well, I mean... I... 
If you come to this show, you're not that guy. But that is that is what we're dealing with, right? I mean, I think we have to realize that technology we... wouldn't be so scary if people had a better brain to deal with it. Right, but what has social media done to our brain? What's that? But, but what has social media done to our brain? That's the problem, right? So yes. social media is the downgrading of our attention spans, our right. critical thinking, our yeah. ability to form a, an opinion on anything that's not the hyper-present. We don't read books anymore. We have right. polarization, conspiracy that's thinking. That's a part... So, so it, it part is of the time suck. Yeah, absolutely. The I mean, time suck. Well, and so that the, we just don't have time to do things that are deeper. Right. Because... Because the business model, so long as we are the product, which is the point we make in the right. film, we are worth more when we are addicted, distracted, outraged, narcissistic, polarized, and disinformed than if we're a thriving citizen, an informed citizen of a democracy. Right. And the same thing is true. A child is worth more if they're narcissistic and attention-seeking and seeing how many likes they have than if they're actually a free, you know, growing, developing kid playing with their friends. And so just as Justin, who's the, the inventor of the like button, who's in the film, says at the end, oh. you know, so long as a, as a whale is worth more dead than alive and a tree is worth more as two-by-fours than as a tree, in this new model of this attention business model, we are the whale. We are the tree. We are the thing that is being mined to be converted... To be converted... That was a balloon. <laughs> Did you plan that? Or just... <laughs> it, uh, it went smoother in rehearsal, but I, I, I thought we pulled it off. <laughs> All right, but let me one more thing, and then I'll let you go. But you said a few minutes ago about we destroyed the minds of our teenagers. Yeah. How can you tell? How can we tell? <laughs> I feel like I sh- yeah. you should be making my points for me. No, but, but, but that's, a, that's a powerful statement. Well, I think so. Because they're going to be the leaders soon and the voters. And... Yeah, well, so the teenagers aren't stupid. I, I want to make sure I'm really clear here. I don't want to do naive moral panic. So we've always worried about television, radio, video games, et cetera. I played video games as a kid. I grew up on technology. I'm pro-technology. The difference is that this technology, the business model, is, is converting us into someone who cares more about the right. number of new likes and followers and comments that we have than, than living our lives. So because pathetic. now each of us get to participate in a... In a a system that profits from social performance, where we each perform, and that's what we're doing with our time, instead of actually doing any of the other things that we care about. And if you look at it from a national security perspective, if you, it's almost like, you know, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. Take the United States brain, you add Facebook to it, it just downgrades us compared to societies like China or, you know, Russia or other countries that don't do that. They don't have the same, they're not going to have the same problem. So it's actually a a competition for who downgrades their population the least. All right. Well, thanks, man. You did a great job with the movie. Keep the message going. Thank you. People do need to hear it. All right. All right, let's meet our panel. Hey. I will not touch anyone. I already did my... I already did my fall. All right, she is the founder of the... Oh, this fucking thing. She is... It's going to be the death of me. She is the, tra- the Transition Integrity Project and author of the forthcoming book, Tangled Up in Blue, Policing the American City, out in February. Rosa Brooks is back with us. Great to see you. Um, and he is a career U.S. counterterrorism intelligence officer and MSNBC contributor. Malcolm Nance is over here, my friend. Okay, so... While the, <laughs> the balloons will still be popping. I want to make a program. We have two more shows for the year. We usually end today, but I knew the election was not going to really be over. Okay, so we're on for two more weeks after tonight. Um, the, 
The best news... Is it two more weeks? Yes. Uh, the best news is, I think, that the, the deep state, which I say with affection... You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> which Trump has been hollowing out. I mean, we saw, like, all eight FBI leaders who were there under... They're all gone. I mean, Chad Wolf is head of Homeland Security. John Radcliffe is our, the director of intelligence. I mean, these are stooges. Bill Barr. I've always been asking, how deep does this go? Not to the level of local election officials. These people did their job. We haven't gotten that bad. It hasn't seen... You know, another four years? Maybe. But, you know, we're not... You know, you knew Iraq, Saddam, and his sons, Don Jr. and Eric, they ran that country. (laughs) And back in Iraq, the election officials would all have to be Ba'ath Party members. Mm -hmm. We're not there yet, right? No, our process does not suck. And in Arizona, uh, we have a Republican legislature and governor, and we still have the election officials saying, hey, shut up, things are fine, there is no fraud, the same is true in Georgia. Uh, You know, the only person who's saying the election's been stolen is basically Donald Trump and his stooges. And I keep thinking, who do you think's stealing the election, the voters? Well, he (laughs) said... To be be fair, what he said is, we have claimed... I love that. (laughs) We have claimed the Michigan... What is he, Balboa? (laughs) (laughs) We have claimed the Michigan... So, will anyone... Fox News? Any... Will anyone tell him, you lost? Will anyone go to him like they went to Nixon during Watergate? Remember? Those four senators, and they... Barry Goldwater, I think, was one of them, and they told him, you're out, buddy. Will anyone do that to him? Well, you know, it's interesting, because I stood... I was up all last night watching the election coverage. And, you know, there's this reluctance to come out and say what we all know. I mean, these counts in other states were just... were were easily thrown and, and called by other news organizations, but they won't do it for these last four. And, in fact, to be quite honest... You called the election. Yes, I did. (laughs) I I called the election. Exactly. No. You will have been the first voice in media (laughs) to actually come out and say that Joe Biden has been elected. Which is obvious. He did. Looks that way. It sure does look that way. uh, Yes. There's not going to be a giant upswing in votes from Philadelphia for Trump. (laughs) That's not going to happen. The the difference is, you know, I mentioned Nixon. They once asked Trump about... Nixon, and and he said, this is Trump's exact words, he said, he left, I don't leave, big difference. (laughs) Remember those words. He left, I don't leave, big difference. You know, I'll tell you the most hopeful sign to me right now, and I'm usually the one who's predicting doom and apocalypse and catastrophe, but we have seen some rats swimming away from the sinking ship. We have seen some GOP officials, when Trump's like, the election's been stolen, they're like, no, 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 it's okay, it's fine. we got to count the votes, shut up. To me, that's very hopeful. I think it is not actually impossible that we see that kind of Nixon intervention where Trump is still stamping his feet and sulking and having tantrums and we get some, you know, maybe even the Mitch McConnells of the world say, dude, you're, you're, you're gone. I don't know, because 48% of the people voted, well, maybe that'll go down by a percentage, but that's a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. And a lot of them, as we were just talking about, think this is illegitimate. They, they don't believe it. Nixon didn't have that going for him. And 
I, I mean, I've been saying it for a long time, but I don't think Trump is... Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but we have a stalker now. Whether he's the, <laughs> whether he's the president or not the president, he is the ex-husband who kills his family on Christmas Eve. Seriously. He, 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 he's OJ, I and was, he does not like seeing America driving around with go Ron Goldman. Private island with, you know, no extradition treaty, private island. How about that? You know, third world leaders used to take a billion dollars and would run off to the French Riviera. Yeah. Right? And settle. That doesn't happen with dictators anymore. You know, CC in Egypt, you know, Mubarak, all these guys could have taken their money and gone. Donald Trump is like them. He wants to stay here. He wants to be part of this system. Right. I mean, I, a better analogy, I thought, would have been sleeping with the enemy, right? With the towels. All right? We're going to have Joe, Kamala, Donald. Every morning you're going to come in, there's going to be an extra towel in your bathroom. He is... But, you know, as, as funny as all this seems, we are going to have a really serious problem yeah. here. I'm going to yeah. give you doom and gloom. We are going to have a political paramilitary insurgency in which Donald Trump will be Saddam Hussein. We already got Uday and Kusei, his sons and his daughters. So you're saying military... Pa paramilitary, Paramil in other words, not actual military, like in these countries, That's but they right. don't want to use the official military, right. so they have their Boogaloo Boys. Right, Boogaloo That's Boys, Proud Boys, the rest of the Vanilla ISIS crew right. out there. You know, <laughs> the rough people. He calls, remember, he calls them the rough people. We the have rough the rough people, people. Yeah. bikers. Yeah. Good, good and, people on and both the, sides. The problem is, these convoys that we saw in the run-up to the election... What I'm most concerned about is convoys. That, you mean you know these these ISIS-like Trump convoys of you know trucks with the two hundred trucks flight. out there. What happens when somebody says we don't recognize no, I, Joe Biden's election exactly. and those convoys become armed convoys and they start blocking highways? They're not now. Uh, not yet. I mean, we've seen some down in Maricopa County with Alex Jones guys coming out with their long. Because there are states with everything. open carry. Yeah, there are states with open so, carry, but we're talking about moving from the, the legal realm to them believing yeah. their world is legitimate, and in their world, Donald Trump remains president. So there are, there's not a world where the Republicans have a <laughs> come-to-Jesus meeting, <laughs> and, and, and they all get in a room, Mitch McConnell, and they say to themselves, look, we got out of this guy as much as we could have hoped. We got... Three Supreme Court picks. We threw a good scare into the libtards. Let's cut our losses, get up from the... T no, right, because of the people in the streets. Can I... Can that's, I that's why, right? I'm, because... I'm more optimistic than you, Malcolm, a little bit, which is really unusual, trust me. But I think, I think you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. The, the scenario you outlined is not impossible. We need to take it really, really seriously, but it's also not inevitable. I think most of the Republicans in Congress, all the evidence is that they secretly hate Trump's guts, that they will be so happy to see the last of them, that, that their incentives are starting to differ from his, that they're beginning to think, you know what, maybe my but chances of voters, are better off. They're voters him. like but him not, but better this, than they like but them. But this goes back to your that, conversation with Tristan. I think here's the, the, there's good news and there's bad news, and the, the bad news dovetails with what Malcolm said. The good news is I don't think the 48% of people who voted for Trump are nuts. I think a lot of them are misinformed because of all the issues Tristan was raising. Right. 
but I don't think they want to see a civil war. There is bad news, and Malcolm knows more about this than I do. The bad news is when you look at al-Qaeda, when you look at ISIS, when you look at other terrorist groups and insurgencies, you don't need to have a majority of the people supporting them or even a plurality. You just need to have a really tiny group that is really ruthless, really well-armed, really well-financed, and really organized to cause havoc in a society for, for quite a while. That said, I don't think we're there in this country yet. I think right now those organized right-wing militia groups are not very organized, frankly. They're right. pretty messed up. Do they need uh, to be organized? They keep, no. Yeah, they kind of do because they keep getting caught because they keep screwing up. They're, well, <laughs> and, and, and our job, but, you know, and that could change. I mean, Malcolm, you're absolutely right to be worried about this because this could change. Our job in the next few years is to make damn sure that those guys don't go from being a bunch of klutzes to being an organized group. Well, this is why I was saying that this is more like a paramilitary, par political paramilitary yeah. insurgency. Phase one insurgency starts off with this gruntlement within a certain population and then the support of terrorist or paramilitary the Sunnis, forces. The fired the, bath party. You know, I have said this many times this week. We are looking at Baghdad, April, 20, <laughs> uh, April 2003 where the Ba'ath Party disappears after they all lose their jobs. Right. And the, the, there is no Iraqi army anymore, and we think we've occupied this country. And then out of nowhere comes this low-grade insurgency. Granted, a lot of these guys are a bunch of rubes with rifles, okay? And this is why we fund SWAT teams, right? Mm -hmm. To handle people who are going to work outside of the law. But in their mind, and this goes to what Tristan was saying, they live in an alternate reality which has been crafted by their own propaganda, which has been using the social media distribution system to allow them to believe that their America is the we the people America of the revolution. And I'm sorry, these guys think they're the sons of liberty. Oh, I know. I've seen do. people say we they're should snake actually... flag. Yeah, we should tar and feather people. Yeah. Let me tell you something about the 69 million people that voted for Donald Trump. I'm going to channel my inner Eddie Gloud and Jason Johnson. They have been on air saying this. These people have revealed themselves for the racist that they are, for the tribalist that they are. They don't care about e pluribus unum from many one. They care about, I got mine, and, you know, you shouldn't get anything of, my, uh, of you yours. You think that's every Trump voter? They voted for this consciously knowing what Donald Trump stood for for the last four years. They know him. And they, yeah. they, look, they almost a level of fanaticism I've only seen in, in some cult groups and Middle East terrorist groups. Well. But I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. Yeah, please though. do. And, and again, this goes back to Tristan's <laughs> point, right? You know, everybody's in their information bubble. And I've talked to Trump voters who, you know, there's like, it's like parallel lines. They don't intersect. They're in their world. We're in our world. We think, we think with some reason, that our world is reality-based and theirs is not. But they're, they're looking at stuff, they're looking at all this crap, and they're reading like, Trump has done more for the black people than anyone since President Abraham Lincoln. They're like, wow, that's great, that's awesome. He's not a racist. Look how good he's been, you know. It's, it's, and, and they're being fed a line of crap, yes, 
But every, as Kristan said, every algorithm is feeding them that crap. And if that's all you're hearing, and Uncle Joe and Uncle Bob say the same thing, and Cousin Mary says the same thing, and the guy at the hardware store says the same thing, and the radio, and one of the really sinister things that's been happening is the far right has been buying up dying radio, dying local radio right. and TV stations. Mm -hmm. Keep the same logo, keep the same branding. Ninety percent of it's still coverage of bake sales and high school football games. Ten percent of it's QAnon crazy. You know, but it's sort of like if somebody bought up NPR or whatever and we didn't know and 10 percent of it was nuts, you know, and we'd be like, oh, shit, that's terrible. You know, it doesn't make them. I don't think it's that people are dumb. I think it's that people we you know, how do we know what we know? We know what we know because people we trust talk to us. And if everybody you trust is being fed the same shit, then Trump you know, did a lot. Shit in, Trump shit did out. a lot. Yeah. Can I, but can I. Uh... <laughs> Trump did a lot better. With the black vote than he did last time? We don't really know that. We don't really know that because the exit polling we saw were people who showed up at the polls. There's that 100 million Americans who actually voted by mail. So I'm not sure I buy that. And that's sort of like in the same thread of propaganda that we, that we generally get from conservatives, right? Everything they do is better than the others. Well, th this I read in the New York Times. Yeah, well... That... It's not a, <laughs> yeah, conser it's not a conservative They're page. only going with what data they could get on Election Day. And we're now seeing the data, you know, the votes that weren't shown on Election Day. So you just deny the premise. No. I mean, maybe you're right. I mean, that's true. The, the, the mail-in votes, maybe we don't know. We don't know. Right. But one thing that is for sure um, is that the far right, the extremist, violent, white supremacist far white, right has been waging an insurgency warfare, primarily using information warfare for several years. And, right. Malcolm, you've got a book coming out I about do. this. And I think it's taken until quite recently for... Democrats and the left and the Senate even wake up and notice. So they are so far ahead in terms of sophistication and creativity. Right. Obviously, our side is kind of constrained by this sort of quaint loyalty to telling the truth. Their side is not. Well, let me tell you something. I'll tell you a little spy stuff here. Or maybe people just see the world differently. Well, you know, I, I don't think it's... A ter I mean, I think he's a terrible leader, but I don't think it's terrible that there is diversity... No, in the black no, community. No. Or in any community. No. And, I, and I don't know... You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was a Colin Powell conservative way back when. Right. Now called far-left liberal, right? <laughs> right. But I was about to say, let me tell you some spy stuff. I worked the Rwanda mission back Ooh. when Rwanda had its genocide. Wow. And in the run-up to that, in French language, all the broadcasts from Radio Milcolin, oh, their yeah. station, was using what we called eliminationist rhetoric. Vermin, yeah, that kind Eliminationist of... yeah. rhetoric. Hitler stuff. I see that rhetoric every day, all sure. day, as I monitor right-wing sites. Yes. And the thing is, it's now starting to percolate up into the mainstream of the Republican Party. QAnon's in Congress. Well, by next yeah. year, I suspect that the Republican Party's main platform will be QAnon's platform of that, you know, that all liberals it's... are a satanic cult and must be put to death. Right. I see it now... All the time. Okay, it's beyond so, the fringe. So we have had a tradition here on this show since we've been on for a long time. This started on the 2004 election, that after a hard-fought election is over, that we would salute some of the people who we won't be seeing anymore. I'm kidding. <laughs> We're saying good riddance to some of the people who you will never have to see again. So if you would please roll our reminder. <laughs> Thank you.
douchebags. A tradition here since 2004. Farewell, douchebags. <laughs> but, again, they're not all going away. I mean, even if Trump does not prevail with his recounting stuff, I just want to say, a few weeks ago, I did an editorial at the end of the show here, and I was saying he's going to Gus the electorals at college. Gus is my sort of password for meaning the movie we talk about where uh, they signed a mule to kick field goals because (laughs) a team did in the movie because the rule book doesn't say specifically that you can't have a mule on the team because we didn't think we had to write it down. (laughs) And we've seen Trump Gus everything else. If you don't specifically write it down, he does it. Mm. And I say he's going to. If you write it down, he still does it. What? If you write it down, he still does it. To to a degree, yeah. Yeah, but that's a good point. But but a lot of it is not written down. And the electoral college, the fact that whoever wins the most votes in that state gets the electors, not written down, not in the constitution. I said he's going to gust the electoral system. Here's Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon yesterday. State legislatures controlled by Republicans, controlled by Trump faction, get to select the electors. I know you don't like it, and he mentions all the media outlets, but that's reality. People are going to say, oh, Bannon, you're saying the quiet part out loud. Well, it's time to say it out loud. We won this. We won control of every piece of this. We control the courts. We control the state legislatures. We control the House and the Senate. Mark Levin says the same thing. Reminder to the Republican state legislatures, you have the final say over choosing the electors. Get ready to do your constitutional duty. This is their next move to steal the election. I don't think they're going to actually succeed in doing that. I'm not even sure they're going to make a serious effort because I think they are already hearing, even from those, again, from those Republican-dominated states like Arizona and Georgia, they're already hearing, no, that's just not happening. The vote count is accurate. I I think they're going to get pushback from within their own party. And I didn't think that a few months ago. I was much more worried but, but I, you know, that's a crazy nuclear option. Nothing is impossible, but I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to get away with it. But why, why do you have this optimism when you've <laughs> it's so seen... so weird, I know. When you've seen... I mean, every time... I mean, I've been having this argument for four years on this show, and I'm always the guy saying, but don't you see? Yeah. He didn't stop by this goal, this uh, obstacle you put in his way. He, why, why is it always people thinking, oh, but this one is... No, maybe. I almost never think that, trust me. I'm always like, the sky is falling, so... so. Yeah. <laughs> but... but you're saying now it's going to stay because, up. Because I, think, I, because I think that thousands and thousands and thousands of people worked really hard to prepare right. for this, exactly this. Right. Called up people at the state level, called up people in yeah. national study. Do you want to be the guy who fucks up American democracy permanently? Really? Are you sure? And, and I think that that actually had some effect. I really do. And what if it goes to the Supreme Court? He's talking about that a lot. Now, last week we saw Brett Kavanaugh he, wanted, he tried to stop the vote in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. With, and the, the ruling he issued was laughable. The things he cited, it looked like he'd been drinking. <laughs> uh, no, really, I mean, for a bright guy... He's a, he's and, a man who likes beer. <laughs> I mean... But, I mean, he said, you know, if you count the ballots after Election Day... It, there's going to be chaos. This is a point, a talking point he took right out of Trump's ass. Right. 
there's there's no evidence. There's no evidence of it. No. We've done it many times. I mean, even some Republicans like Marco Rubio are saying, yes, that's what we do. That It takes sometimes a few days to count the votes. Now, if Brett Kavanaugh has already tipped his hand that that's where he is on this, do you trust him? You know, you're right. Four years of you saying, you know, hearing people say the quiet parts out loud. This administration tells you what they're going to do. Right. All right. First off, let me say something about Steve Bannon. Why in God's name are we listening to that fat criminal bastard talk about anything? Right? He's literally, literally tried to create a fascism academy in Italy so that he could perpetuate all these things we have been warning about. These people, listen, they may not be able to do it. The mechanics of it may not work for it, but they're thinking about it constantly. That's my point. Absolutely. And they're not just thinking about it, they're putting it out there. They absolutely are. And and if Republicans are good at anything, it's the kindling and then the fire, and they all get in line, they plot in their evil lair, and then (laughs) then, they all get on the same page. Democrats never do that. They get on the same page, they have great messages, they have great words... Yeah. They, never, they never say stupid things like Trump, pack the Trump, court. That Trump sounds was ba- like, you know, we're going to the Supreme Court. And it reminded me, um, are you guys lawyers? No, you guys aren't. You. It reminded me of this old, like, <laughs> Yes, you know, I am, and I'm... Classic law school, first-year thing professors say. They, they outline this ridiculous situation where somebody has absolutely no basis for a claim against somebody. And they say to students, can they sue? And the students are like, no, because that would be absurd. And the professor says smugly... They can sue. Anybody can sue anybody for anything. Well, anybody can go to the Supreme Court about anything. It doesn't mean they're going to win. And right now, I I am not seeing any non-ridiculous argument that the Republicans have. Republican judges all over the country have basically been throwing out their claims because they're crap. It's not impossible. You know, of course they will try to go to the Supreme Court. But I think even the Supreme Court, even with a Justice Amy Coney Barrett... They know 20, two, the election of 2000, Bush v. Gore, 5-4 decision, partisan lines, devastating to their institutional legitimacy. We saw, we saw in all the sort of measures of pu- public confidence in institutions plummets after that. I don't think, I think even a lot of the conservatives on that court, maybe not Brett Kavanaugh, uh, you know, I don't think they want to be the ones who are seen for the second time in 20 years as for partisan reasons, tipping the election to the guy who did not win the the majority of votes. This goes back to your point about about maybe they're going to have a come-to-Jesus moment. Maybe they're all going to sit together and and decide that, you know, know, we're not going to do anything this time. We're going to work with Biden. This is not happening, okay? (laughs) It's not. Hard reality time, people. I mean, what's happening here? For every idiot they have any leadership, they have two very intelligent people who make money off of that idiot. And they have lawyers, they have scholars who have justified everything that they're doing, okay? The same way that, you know, uh, a certain regime in the 1930s and 40s justified everything they did. Have you ever seen the movie Judgment at Nuremberg? That is about the Supreme Court of Nazi Germany on trial having passed laws to justify the genocide in Nazi Germany. Don't think that they're not going to do anything that they say out loud. Right. They and, will make an attempt. Right. And it doesn't... <clears throat> and I must say, <clears throat> I think Biden's going to get 306, but it, it didn't help that it wasn't more of an overwhelming victory, which, mm-hmm. which we expected. For someone who is as repugnant 
as a human as Donald Trump and as ineffectual as a leader who didn't deliver the wall or health care or jobs or anything. For someone that bad, to his vote total went up. And, you know, whenever I would ask people for the last three years on this show, you know, like, he's not going to leave. What are you going to do? First, they would say, Bill, you smoke too much pot. That's not going to happen. <laughs> they would... <laughs> which is wrong. I smoke just the right amount of pot. <laughs> um, and, and, then, and then I would press the case and say, but what is the plan? What do we yeah. do? And they would say, well, first, we got to win big which always pissed me off, because we shouldn't have to win big. We should win by one vote, and it's the same as them. One vote should win. The fact that he could win by 7 million and we're sweating this out, well, that's the Electoral College. We'll get to that, too. But did not win as big as we thought he would. What, What is it about the 70 million people who are still voting for Donald Trump? And we look at them and go, how could you prefer him to what we're selling What about him or what about us is so off-putting that you don't see that we're better? What's that answer to that question? Well, I'm going to go back to your your original guess. There's a disinformation bubble out there which has allowed these people to live their true selves. You know that joke everybody's been making about the hoods are off now? Yeah, the hoods didn't have to go on. This is the way they live. But it doesn't have to be that they're racist. They can be nice. They can make apple pie. They can be your best friend. I have a neighbor who has a giant Trump sign in front of him. I think he may have stolen my giant Biden sign. (laughs) But you know what? I don't hold that stuff against them. I'm seeing now they hold this against the other 60% of America. And I'm afraid that they are going to live in that bubble where they're going to have to do something to restore that. And whether that's, you know, like I said, a low-grade, you know, political insurgency or Donald Trump giving them orders via Twitter, as you said, he ain't going away. This man is going to subvert and undermine everything that happens for the next four years, and he thinks that he can put his regime back into power. Some of them may think that armed force might be the way that they do it. I don't know. I'm just not taking any chances. We need to rule. We need to lead. We won the election. We will... Joe, Joe Biden needs to run this country for all Americans. Well, they ran the country for 40% right, of America right. and ran roughshod over 60%. We need to do it right, and if they want to come along, they'll get free health care, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I... I think we need to do two things at the same time. One is that we need to get way smarter about essentially the information op- domain, you know, that we've got to be we've got to be actively and creatively fighting that disinformation uh, from the right because it's not going to stop. And if we don't take it seriously, there is a real danger that it whips things up into stuff that we don't even want to think about. Right. But at the same time, I also think, you know, we're not that great at figuring out how to talk to people who disagree with us without saying Hey, you're you're pretty stupid, or right. you would have realized that Donald Trump is an asshole. You know, you're pretty deplorable. You must be a moron. And nobody's mind People ever got that. changed. No. Maybe by their being disinformation told what a moron. weapon system, Facebook, needs to be broken up. That yeah. that would help <clears throat> too. Well, okay. But 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 I also think we we actually know a lot. Um, not only do we know from the work people that Tristan and others have done, we know a lot about how to make people hate each other, and it's yeah. actually, it turns out, it's pretty easy. Unfortunately, yes. we seem to be hardwired for, you know, 
dividing people into my tribe, your tribe, I hate you. But we also know... And the algorithm the picks algorithm, those things. The algorithm that, picks those things. That, but we also know a lot <clears throat> from social psychology about how you can break down differences. It's harder. It's slower. It consists not of saying, you suck, you're racist, you know, you're sexist, you're a jerk, you just obviously don't know anything. It consists of saying, huh, you know... I feel, you know, what made you feel that way? That's interesting. All right, I, I will end on one positive, <clears throat> positive possibility. I think if the Republicans do as you say, that they maybe come to him and he knows that he can't actually get there anyway, I think he's such a narcissist that he'll leave early. Like, and, if he knows he's... And Pence will if, if, if he knows he's going to get thrown out on January 20th, yeah. he's going to go, fuck you, you take it then. If you don't want me... All right, time for new rules, everybody. New rules. Okay, new rule. If your position is they have to stop counting the ballots in the states where you're ahead or it's fraud, and they have to keep counting the ballots in the states where you're behind or it's fraud, you have to consider maybe it's you who's the fraud. On the bright side, when you're constantly pulling things out of your ass, it makes it harder for the door to hit you there on your way out. <laughs> Nero, stop saying you still can't believe COVID didn't kill Trump. It may have, but when the Grim Reaper came for him, Trump refused to go. <laughs> You're dead, Donald. No, you're dead. <laughs> Many people are saying very strongly, I've just been born. <laughs> Neural, someone needs to break it to the woke kids on Twitter who say if Trump wins, they're moving to Canada. Canada doesn't want you. <laughs> no. It's clear. Canada's immigration policy is to favor skilled professionals. And, sorry, drawing a flower in the cappuccino foam doesn't count. (laughs) Canada's ideal candidate is a 35-year-old doctor with no kids who's willing to relocate to the Northwest Territories and open a clinic for indigenous people. That's a long way from art school graduate who sells candles on Etsy. Neural, now that Oregon has become the first state to decriminalize heroin, coke, meth, and mushrooms, they have to change their tourism slogan to Oregon, come for the heroin, coke, meth, and mushrooms, and stay because you're unresponsive. (laughs) Neural, someone must invent an energy drink called Five Hour Kornacki. It's It's part cocaine, part the pill Bradley Cooper took in Limitless. And it allows you to stay up for an entire week at peak Peak performance wearing the same clothes. Not the best thing for punchlines. All right, finally, new rule. Now that the engagement of Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton is Instagram official, they must hurry up and do it and stay married. For the good of the nation. (laughs) Because if there is one thing America needs right now, it is a symbol of reconciliation between red and blue America.
Now, <clears throat> a month ago, the tabloids were filled with disturbing stories about the imminent breakup of this handsome, charismatic couple, and it shook me to my core. <laughs> it's true. Us Weekly reported the pair's opposing political views have become a big problem, which I could have predicted. He's a good old boy from Oklahoma and sings about trucks and beer and things that happen down by the river. <laughs> and she's the pop princess hollaback girl from California. Of course they voted for different people. I don't know that for a fact. I just know it's true. <laughs> I mean, Come on. She's Whole Foods, he's Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> she grew up playing punk, he grew up hunting skunk. <laughs> she stands in line to vote, he stands in line to dance. <laughs> she thinks guns are crazy, he thinks the best cheese comes in a can. <laughs> Just the fact that they're together is almost Shakespearean. Rodeo and Juliet. <laughs> But, but they make it work because they see each other as more than just who they voted for. Their biggest issue with the person sleeping next to them isn't party affiliation, it's untreated sleep apnea. <laughs> and they say, yes, we're different, but that's also more fun, and we're going to make that work for us. They see the world differently, and they love each other. What a concept. I'd like to try it. I'd like to try it in America, because that's how I feel about my country. You complete me, Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Because you complete me doesn't mean because we're exactly alike. It means because we are different. I don't want to live in a country without the red states. I like traveling there. When people talk to you in Oklahoma, they're not scanning the room to see if there's someone more important. Because, frankly, when I'm there, they're never in. Also, they laugh like nobody's watching. They don't have a non-dairy, gluten-free, hypoallergenic stick up their ass. (laughs) Even the pro-lifers will laugh at a good dead baby joke. Look, look, I'm pro-choice, but I also get it that a fetus is irrefutably becoming a human life. So can I see why some people think you are actually the one who's deplorable? Yes, I can. So let's all stop doing that. Let's all stop seeing each other as deplorable. Wednesday, Biden said, we have to stop treating our opponents as enemies. Look at this guy. Do you think he's a racist? I don't. And I don't think Gwen Stefani would marry one. One out of 10 Trump voters voted for Obama. I doubt if Blake Shelton was one of them. But that's okay. We don't all see the world the same way. Get over it. During the campaign, there was a lot of talk about who can unite us. No president can unite us. We have to unite ourselves. (laughs) There, 
There are only two ways this country can go. Either we come together and forgive our differences, or we turn into the Balkans. For decades, Sarajevo, Yugoslavia, was a diverse city where Serbs, Croats, and Muslims lived together as friendly neighbors. In 1984, they hosted the Olympics. Eight years later, people were getting shot by snipers when they went out for milk. Don't tell me it can't happen here. If Trump has taught us anything, it's that it can't happen here is a terribly outdated phrase. It not only can happen here, it kind of is happening here. People were afraid in this election to display lawn signs for the candidate of their choice if it was in a neighborhood where that was a decidedly minority opinion. That's like gang neighborhoods where you dare not get caught wearing the wrong color. Now more than ever, we need an example of cross-cultural love to send a message to our broken nation that love can lift us up where we belong like a majestic eagle soaring above the fray and shitting all over the haters below. (laughs) And that is why I say, for the sake of the nation, Gwen, Blake, you have to make this work. I'm serious. It would be psychologically devastating if you are one symbol of America's two halves coming together. Shit the bed on this. So don't. Get married, do it quickly, and make it stick forever. No pressure. All right, that's our show. I want to thank Rosa Brooks, Malcolm Nance, and Tristan Harris. We'll be back next week, hopefully. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.